the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland, and this is the place where we talk everything hunting dog and working dog related. We're just here to promote the sport that we love, so y'all buckle up, because you're along for the ride. Today's word, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Philippians 4.13. All right, guys, welcome to the Hunting Dog Public Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Moreland. And today we have the one and only world champion, Deucey Dakota. Mr. Deucey, how are you? I'm doing awesome, world champion, Cody Moreland. How are you today? Man, I'm feeling great on top of the world (laughs) excellent (laughs) so Ducey uh for just a brief summary for the people that hadn't heard the other podcast uh can you tell a little about yourself where you're from sure my name's Ducey Dakota I live in a rural community of Heinston Louisiana which is 30 miles west of Alexandria I am a hay farmer and I'm a training director for our local union, and I try to squirrel hunt seven days a week in the winter, and pretty successful at getting that done. And or and you are a world champion. Well, my dog's a world champion. Oh, okay. I thought that was. I you guess too. the team of us are yeah, world champion. Yeah, exactly. So, um, for those of y'all that haven't heard, Mr. Ducey has been on the podcast before. We was talking dogs on the Hunting Dog Public. And he's also been on Plus Up Podcast, so I guess you're just a normal. You might, I guess, have to become a host at some point as much as you're on here. I'm a regular Joe, I guess you'd say. Yeah, exactly. So, Ducey won the 2000, is this considered the 23 season or the 24 season? I hope it's the 23 because I uh, I had a ad made for my dog this morning and I put everything 23, so I would think it was 23. Well, you know that that sounds right, but the problem is, is the trophy I got said 24. Mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Mine did too, but most of the hunts are in 23. I know. I just giving you a hard time, but that is <laughs> funny because I got to thinking. I'm like, well, this is a 23 season, but the hunt is in 24, so. Well, they're covered either way. Yeah. So your ad's wrong. Get it redone. Yeah. But uh, so Ducey, uh tell us a little about the dog that you won. Now, I'm sorry. I think I stopped short of that. You won the 2024, 2023, 2024, however you want to say it, United Mountain Cur Association Junior World. That is correct. Yes, sir. And uh, you won it with, what's the dog's name? I know it for everybody that don't know it. Why don't you feel it? His real name is D2's JW, and uh, we call him Dub. My my grandpa's name was JW Thompson, and we called him Dub. So I guess I kind of named my dog after my grandpa a little bit. Wow, I didn't know that. That's even more special. <laughs> it is. That's pretty cool. It is. That's pretty cool. So... So, he is the uh, alpha my the I guess the most favorite dog I've ever owned, Gracie. He uh, he he came off of her and my razor dog. So his daddy's a world champion. His mama is not a world champion, but she has a pile of different state wins and champions in several registries. And I wanted to make that cross and see if I could make one a world champion. And I think on the Plus Up podcast I did with you and Shane, I made a jump out there and made a prediction that I was going to win one this year. And it was getting close. I done went to two and didn't win either one of them. And then I slipped in there and got it on this third one. Well, I would say bold. But but then again, if you don't have confidence – I mean, in all reality, you should probably get rid of that said dog and and find something you're confident in. It might not. It might be an equal dog, but confidence means everything to me. That's exactly right. So, yep, you said that, and I went out on a limb and <laughs> said I was too, joking around. I was joking, <laughs> but I wasn't, and and we both got it done. So and you know, it's funny, Cody. We both we we stayed together at Jamestown, and the week prior to it. 
we both had big, big intentions on winning the OMCBA and I came close in it. I got, I got fourth in it. And when we left, we said, well, maybe we'll catch them at the next one. And I don't even think I was really supposed to go to this UMCA hunt. And I, I jumped in the truck literally at 345 the afternoon before the hunt and drove over there, I, I guess, every bit of six hours and got lucky and won it. So <laughs> I'd asked you, what, uh, two or three weeks beforehand if you was going. And you was like, no, my grandson has a birthday on Saturday. I'm not going. Right. Well, I get up Friday morning excited with anticipation, and I'm looking at the names. You know, I'm internet hunting, and I see Dub, and I see D2's Dub, and I, I see a name that's scribbled in there. It didn't look like your name. Whose name? It, <laughs> it was mine. Well, it didn't look like. It was Deuce. probably my real name, Landry oh. Dakota. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I don't guess I realized that as many times as I've talked to you, but uh, <laughs> anyways. I saw that and I'm like, whoa, somebody else's son or somebody take this dog over. But uh, I wrote you a message to say, did you go to the world hunt? And you wrote, I did. And I'm like, that sucker has done trick me. Snuck in. Snuck in. But you, I didn't even have a clue. You told me you wasn't going. And last but I minute, did huh? make last it back minute. in time for the birthday party. Ain't that something? <laughs> yeah, it really So... Uh, old Dub, how old Dub? Dub will be two on June the 24th, so I guess he's about 19, 20 months old, something like that, 21 months, something like that. Now, now a little bit of a backstory. What's Razor bred out of? Do you know off the top of your head? Just a close yeah. lineage? Yeah, he's uh straight out of Hummer, mm -hmm. and I think the dam's name is Jumping Jack Lady Flash, I believe is what her name is. So we... She's a Bud and Liz dog. Okay. Bud and Liz dog and straight off the tap, old Hummer. That's right. And then Gracie, she was some of that older bloodline, wasn't she? She was. She's got Duff's Bob on her papers probably, I don't know, four, five, six times. I'm just guessing off the yep. top of my head. And then she has a little bit of jukebox in her. But, yeah, a lot of a lot of what I called old, old blood in her. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice dog. Yeah, she's uh she's probably not what you call the modern day competition dog because she's a little closer. But I, I would say her accuracy accuracy rate is above ninety percent. I mean, if she trees, you can you're going to kill a squirrel. Yeah, very hot nosed dog, but but can lay them up too. And and you know you, you stay in you stay in a lot of meat with her. Yeah. Now, uh, this dog, I assume it was under two years old. If it if he got to hunt in the hunt, do you, do you know exactly how old he was when y'all hunted? Um, well, he won't be two until June. So oh, okay, yeah. wow. So he's pretty pretty young, right? Pretty young. That's pretty good. Um, what about what's his style? Is he a straight line? Is he a cut the woods up? Well, he'll make, he'll straight line out a big long ways and then start making some loops back and. You know, I, I don't know how it was with y'all when, when y'all were there Saturday, but Friday it was pretty hot and pretty muggy, and we had very little squirrel movement. And in the first round of the hunt, we we plussed up two squirrels, I think, uh, two or three, I think two. and But the dogs were way off every time they found them, 500 yards, 700 yards. I mean, they were – they were really having to hustle. So Dub is the kind that can get really deep, but he don't have to be deep. He'll he'll stay in he'll stay in that four hundred range until he don't find something and then he's gonna check out and go get gone. Yeah. So so he he tries to stay somewhat close, but if he can't find something, make something happen, he's gonna venture on off and yeah, and he's really fast. Whenever yeah, he leaves, he, he pulls away from you. I mean, he's not going to linger around very much. And Saturday he did some of that. But, I mean, I guess that's just part of being a young dog in bad conditions. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. Was it windy there Friday? Because I know it was windy Saturday. No, it wasn't really that windy. It was a little windy. It was just muggy and hot. I mean, just yeah. very humid, like Louisiana-type weather for us, you well, know. It just wasn't a great day. That's pretty cool. Squirrels seem to have never moved that whole day. That's pretty cool because that probably helped you 
I mean, it did. It did. It probably hurt the people from if anybody came from northern states, but it's probably in your wheelhouse. I, what we hunt in here pretty much every day. Yep. So, y'all get there. Did you get your room over, or what'd you do? You roll in that morning? No, I rolled in that night, and I got a room at the uh, Travel Inn, I believe. I, I think that's where it was at. Yeah, the pay by the hour. Yeah, yeah, and it was uh, on sale if you had two hookers with you. I mean, <laughs> this ain't the plus up podcast. <laughs> I just said hookers. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah. uh, so, so you rolled in there, you got your room for a couple hours. And, yeah, that's uh, right, got a couple hours sleep. And uh, we... Uh, you got up that morning, you headed up there, high anticipation, excitement. Everybody's there uh, hoping to be a world champion when they leave there, but only one can. Only one can. That's right. And it was, um, it was uh, of course, the excellent bunch of guys that put the UMCA hunts on. Yep. I mean, you know, when you go there, you feel like you're, you feel like you're everyone's equal. Everybody, everybody's yep. great people there. Yep. Now there was a stacked lineup of young dogs up there, man. It was, it was some pretty nice dogs for sure. It was, and I drew one. Well, I, don't get me wrong. I drew, I drew three or four really tough dogs, but I drew a little, I drew a little sniper dog. I think his name is Gojo Sniper. Yeah. And uh, well, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Go ahead. First of all, you didn't know his name was Gojo. You kept calling I thought him it was Jojo. Jojo. And I said, yeah, I, I think I read JoJo in the papers. You said, heck, I thought he kept saying jo- JoJo. Yeah. Matter of fact, I still didn't know it until this morning when I knew you were going to call today. I had to glance back and see who all I drew. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty funny. But but that's a really nice dog. And uh, if he had a little more mouth for his motor, which he'll probably get more mouth. I think he's only 13 months old. He was a very nice squirrel dog. He he kind of got out of hearing twice, and on the very last, I'm talking three, four seconds of the cast, uh, we never could hear him. The guy that handles him could hear him, and I was like, me and none of the rest of us heard him, and um, I, I know he heard him. I know he knows his dog, and as soon as the clock went off, we walked up a hill, and you could hear him playing his day, but he didn't even check and see if he had a squirrel when he got him. He just got him. That would have, If he would have circled, we would have been tied, or if he would have plussed him up, he would have went ahead of me in that round. That's a tough situation. I've been in that multiple times when when you can hear your dog. And I, I, I've got, I had times at the World Hunt this a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was, a week ago, that – I could hear my dog, but I knew they couldn't hear my dog. I just know certain cadences and and pitch, and I'm listening for my dog, and I can hear him, and I'm like, y'all can't hear that, and they're like, no. So that is very aggravating, but it's, I guess it's part of it. You know, there ain't a whole lot you can do about that situation. You know, I'm terrible with names. I think the guy's name that handled him is Dwayne, maybe, or Lane. And I told, uh, I'd tell Bert, Bert, Bert Carter was on the cast with us with Fred and Fred's nice dog too. And I'd say, Bert, get up here and see if you can hear. I said, I'm around equipment all day, every day. I don't hear the best in the world. And I mean, we all did the hand cup, you know, over the ears, every old trick we knew. And me and and Bert just couldn't get him found, you know. Um, Was it Dwayne's though? Dwayne, I think. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I got you. And, uh, I liked him well enough that I offered him, I, I told him to price him to me at the end of the hunt. He oh, didn't wow. know. He's a really nice young dog. Wow, that's pretty cool. Now, <clears throat> I don't want to blow past any of this. So y'all got there that morning. Pretty Was it cool that morning? Yeah, it was It was okay besides the humidity. I mean, it wasn't cold by no means. I got you. But not windy. It was, it, it, you would consider it a pretty nice morning. Yeah, it was it was a little breeze, but it wasn't it wasn't blowing like a storm was coming in. Yeah. Okay. So who was your first round draw out with? It was Burt Carter and Fred, and with Fred, and then uh, Dwayne oh, okay. with Gojo. That was the first draw. Yeah, that okay. was the first one. So y'all turned them loose, and was it pretty action packed? Or well, right off the bat, we all circled up. Um, 
pretty close to each other. Uh, we was outside of each other's steps, but it was definitely a squirrel that had been in there. And um, we we all got circled in there pretty fast and in a perfect spot. I mean, it had vines and right along a slough bank. I mean, there was definitely a squirrel there. We just couldn't make it move or he isn't a den or something. And uh, so we all circled on the first one. And then we cut loose again and the Wayne's dog got really deep and um, straight ahead of us. And Dub got left-handed about 240 from us. So he was making some racket pretty good too. So as we was walking to Gojo, uh, as I could see Dub, I just went ahead and called him and walked a minute away from him. And then um, Dwayne Spectator went with me and we handled Dub and we waited for the rest of the cast. We told them to go ahead and judge it. It was plenty of them to judge the cast. And they found the squirrel. I think as soon as they walked up, it was sitting there. And once again, I had some viney, viney trees. I was like, I know I got this squirrel. And I pulled and I pulled and I pulled and nothing. I mean, I couldn't get up. I, I used every inch of my five minutes. Uh, it was really nice spot there for a squirrel to be. And, and um, I just couldn't find him. So I had 200 circle and he had 100 plus and 100 circle. Yeah. And then about that time, Fred kind of went back around us and treed. Oh, I'm going to say 250 yards past where we all treated the first time, kind of behind us. Yeah. And um, we got in there, and I don't remember. I think we were I think we were leash locked at that time. I, matter of fact, I know we were. And uh, so we, we walked in there, and we uh, looked for that squirrel, and we didn't find it. It was uh, should have been there. It was holes all in the tree. So Fred ended up with a hundred circle right there. So I guess we're sitting at uh Gojo a hundred circle, a hundred plus dub at 200 circle and uh, Fred at a hundred circle. Well, the dogs went complete different ways. Again, Gojo and dub did one went straight forward and one and dub went straight backwards. And you know, you can't use these garments, but, the way the wind was blowing, it wasn't just blowing that hard, but the way it was blowing, I could not hear Dub at all. And he was only like 550 yards. And usually you can hear him way, way off. And I said, we can't walk that way, but, uh, we, we, uh, I can, I know he's treed. So we moved a little bit and kind of went up another hill, kind of splitting the difference between Dub and Gojo. He was way in there. He was over 700. So we had to actually walk to him. But as we was walking to him, we could hear Dub. We kind of got up on a little ridge. Yeah. And um, The train helped you anyways. That's exactly right. And we treated him in there. And uh, Gojo wasn't treating him. So we, we went to Dub, and it was a – pretty long walk because it was a big you know it ain't many hills there where we were at but it was a long long continuous hill yeah so that's what it was he was on the back side of that hill and then when i topped it i was the first one over and then Dwayne was behind me and then a, a, another spectator that was with eric wally uh bunch he was he came up and then Bert and the other guy, they was lagging behind a little bit. They were hustling, but it was thick getting in there. But whenever we come over that hill, I was like, oh, God, I'll never find this squirrel neither. It was in the top. I mean, it was just a big red oak, huge, no vines, nothing anywhere close to it. So me and Dwayne get there, and I hope I'm saying his name right. I hope it's, it's Dwayne. Dwayne. I think I I'm called pretty, it Dwayne. His last name's Knight. Okay, okay. Wayne Knight, I believe, okay. is his name. But now I might be wrong about that. I'm pretty I, sure. You're all right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're sitting there, and we're kind of waiting on uh, Bert and a couple spectators to get there. And I just happened to look up. And when I did, the squirrel come running down the limb with that red oak. I said, you got him? He said, yeah, I got him. I looked at him, and I said, you honest man. I said, because you really didn't have to see that squirrel the way he ran just now. He said, no. He said, I saw him, so I saw him. And yep. uh, so when Bert and them got there, we 
plussed him up. We said we got him. Two of us got him. So we plussed him up. So that had me a hundred uh, circle ahead. Mm-hmm. And about that time, Fred treed again. And he was about, I'm going to say 80 yards, probably off of where he was the first time. And he, uh, I don't think, I don't, if I remember right, Bert didn't call him treat. And cause he was just kind of making a little racket and he would bark and he'd get down, bark and get down. And I think he ended up having a rabbit over there. I think there was a dead rabbit and that, that kind of caused oh, hey. the foul. Yeah. Yeah. So we got down in there to him and we was running about, I don't know, six minutes left in the hunt then. And Dwayne, said he could hear gojo so we started trying to walk a little ways and stop walk a little ways and stop and then we got down to the edge of the creek we had to cross or i'd call it a slough actually and it got down to like 20 seconds he's like do y'all hear him and i said no i i don't hear him i said and i ain't gonna be ugly i'm not gonna keep walking to him if i don't hear him i'm a hundred on you right now and um that's how it worked out. We, we, we kind of stayed the rest of the hunt right there and tried to hear him. And, um, we never did. And when he went to get him, we walked up on the hill and you could hear him clear as a bell then. So honestly, I'm kind of glad we didn't walk any further. <laughs> yeah. I believe it, we could have been overtime or, you know, it could have been, it could have been a win. It could have been overtime. It could have been a lot of stuff happened right there. Now we, you mentioned it earlier. We can't walk and tree dogs off of Garmin's, but you split the difference. So if a dog's right-handed 600 yards and one's, uh, I guess, right here next to you, you can walk, you know, 300 yards towards the dog. Yeah. That's right. And and honestly, I was walking away from my dog because his dog was further in, but when we come up on the little knoll, you could hear my dog just fine. I mean, yeah. and – He's, he's pretty solid whenever he sits down in trees uh he's i'm not gonna say he's never gonna leave uh he has left before but it's very very seldom that he's gonna move when he thinks he has one he's waiting on you to get there yeah he's a pretty hard tree dog too ain't he he is uh yeah he's a very hard tree dog i, I bet he barks i don't know 130 times a minute but i know we're not there yet but in that second round he he had me nervous two different times. Very nervous. <laughs> it, he had done got hot and tired and and was not himself. But yeah, he 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 slowed he slowed his cadences way down that second round. Yeah, and, and I know. So speaking of cadences, my dog does the same thing. Now, is it smart? In my mind, that's smart because it keeps them from getting hotter than they would if they just kept up sitting there just chopping. But it don't help my confidence much when I'm sitting there thinking, man, he just don't sound like he normally does. It'll make you more scared than anything in the world if you're <laughs> hearing a dog just co 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 and then get down to a hoof. Hoof. Yeah. It's like, oh, God, yeah. I don't know what's happening here. But, I mean, if they're smart enough to stay and they're smart enough to conserve energy, it's kind of hard to I don't know. It's kind of hard. Some people's going to say, yeah, but you can't be confident. Well, on one hand, I see that. On the other hand, he's got he's saving energy before he gets too hot or whatever. So Look, when I go to them hunts, I know this sounds, I guess, conceited or whatever. I try to put 100% faith in that dog because if I wasn't going, I wouldn't think I, – I, let's say this. I wouldn't be going – if I didn't think I was going to be a contender and I didn't have faith in my dog. And that's why I try to put that six or seven days a week in on one when I'm not at a hunt and whether it's killing them or just road hunting or whatever it's doing, I try to, um, I try to have full confidence in that dog whenever I turn him loose at that hunt. Yeah. You know, I've said on my podcast that Chris done with me over, over winning my hunt, but, I was sitting there talking. I was going to go out on our round with Action Jackson, and I was sitting there talking about scenarios this and that. And Mike Rush stops eating and looks over at me, and he said, "Are you nervous?" I said, "Yeah, I'm nervous." I think I threw a couple of uh, naughty words in there because I was pretty amped up. And he's like, "Why?" 
And I looked at Mike and I said, Mike, I don't know if you know it, I ain't won four world championships yet. I said, <laughs> I'm pretty nervous. And he was like, it's just another hunt. All you got to do is what got you here. When your dog says tree, you tree. If your dog don't say tree, don't tree. And I said, on one hand, I understand that. You ride the horse you rode in here on. Keep doing what you're doing. But another hand, I'm sitting there thinking, don't screw this up. That's right. And most of the time, you're right, Cody. Most of the time, it's us that screws it up because we know our dog don't sound right or we know that something's not right and we're needing that extra 100 points or that 40 or 20 or whatever it is. So we pitch them and then they take the minus, but we knew from the beginning they were going to take the minus because he hadn't settled in. Yeah, or or you think I need to pitch him real quick where I can get on the card first because I'd rather go to my tree first, but the dog ain't quite right. And you're expecting on him to settle in, but he don't. So it's always that coulda, woulda, shoulda, hindsight's twenty twenty. But I really believe that that's if you just do what the dog tells you. I mean, we're not the ones training the squirrels. So Yeah, and you know, you talk about Mike Rush. I'm sure we're going to go to my second and third round. I, I That dude, he he has ice water in his veins, and I know you know that because you had him in the, in the final round, too. I had him in the in the semifinals, and man, what a what a good guy as far as competition and fairness, and I mean, straight up the whole time. That, that yeah. D, unbelievable. D and Bart and uh, Bart's just so darn ugly. That's yeah. the only thing wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be talking about Bart. He's gonna hear this. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, all of them, Gary, uh, Chris, Spruill, I mean, they're, yep. all, they're all great, great guys that are fun to be around. I've never had a crossword with them, and I, I feel like they're they're fair, even if you're hunting against one of their kennel mates. So. I do, too. I 100% do. But anyway, all right, so you get to that first round. I know you're pretty fired up because – I got you in at least the top what? Do you remember? I, I think that would have been the top five. Okay, so I got you into the top five minimum. And top five of the world hunts, kind of hard to argue. You what? What did you come in fourth at the OMCBA world? Did fourth you in the OMCBA. So, yep. so Mike Howard spanked me down to oh, move on. That little gator dog. Oh, yes. Phenomenal so. dog. But anyways, top five, I mean, that's – pretty hard to be upset with but i know you went to win so that's right what what dog did you get in the second round i drew mike rush and i don't i don't remember the name of the dog he had um static 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 i believe that's right and we we he decides where we're going he's guiding and and judging us i think if i remember no we had another judge we had a non-hunting judge i don't remember his name but uh he was already joking about where we was going. He said, man, I didn't want to go here. He said, but last week we came here. He said, you got to walk 300 yards through a pine sapling thicket to get to the woods. And I was like, oh, great. I hope we don't turn loose in that pine <laughs> sapling thicket. And he was not lying, man. When we pulled up there, it was a pine sapling thicket. It was not no big pine trees. And I was like, Mike, are you, are you this really where we're hunting? He said, man, two to 300 yards in there, it opens up and it's beautiful. And I was like, all right. So we lead our dogs in there. And, um, oh, by the way, it was just a two-dog cast. Uh, there was yeah. a three-dog and a two-dog. So I drew static in a two-dog. Lucky two-dog. Lucky two-dog. I don't know. Sometimes I think I like that three-dog better. But it worked out for me this one. We, uh soon as we cut loose, both dogs, I have to say, looked okay on the first cut. And we went in there, Dub went right-handed about uh, 180, 200, not very far. Static was way in there, kind of straight ahead of us. Dub was not barking his usual bark. This is where he kind of started the slowing everything down. And uh, he got in there and just, uh, just beat the ground for a minute. And then Mike treed his dog, and I said, I'm rolling the dice here. I think he's there. And I treat Dub and the judge and Mike Spectator. 
uh, which is Adam O'Donnell's buddy. I can't think of Scott. his name right now. Scott, yeah, yeah super the nice. Cana- guy. The Canadian. I, I'm gonna yeah, butcher his last name. It's for uh, the. It starts with an F. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Canadian from Michigan. Right. Well, we went. Yeah, that's right. We went to my dog, and um, man, it was a, another one of those great spots. It was vines everywhere. It was uh, cedar trees. You know, it should have had a squirrel in it somewhere. And um, we're pulling and jerking. And I'm about to give up because, I mean, it gets bad. Well, I step back and I look at the nest. And I swear I could see a fox squirrel laying on the edge of the nest with my binoculars. And I looked, and I tried to make it be a fox squirrel, I think. And I told the judge, I said, I got him. I believe it's him. And he looked, and so did Scott, and they could never make him out. So it probably was not him. And yeah. I could not get quite up to the nest with the vine. I still think I could have shook him out. But uh, I think what happened by the time I saw him and they looked with binoculars, I think he hunkered down in there. Uh, and then about that time, I think Scott's phone may have rang and I heard him say, good, good. I said, they plus the squirrel, didn't they? He says, yeah, they got one. And I'm like, oh, man, I need a squirrel so bad right here. And um, so I grabbed a vine. I was probably chancing it to get away from my footage away from the tree and it was a really good vine and i pulled on it cody uh, i put all 215 on it (laughs) when i did it broke and my my leg and my ankle fell underneath me and it i'm sure it didn't but in my ear it sounded like a 22 rifle went off And I'm rolling around on the ground, holding my leg. I'm like, it don't, it hurts, but it can't hurt this bad. So I hobbled the rest of the hunt. Uh, and but anyway, so I, I I just circled him up. Whenever I got up, I said, "That's all I can handle here." I circled him up. <laughs> Fine, man, vacuum. you tree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, I'm done with this. So uh, we we get back there close and we meet in the middle again. They scored his tree. I scored, we scored my tree. It was enough of us to do that again. And, uh, we meet in the middle in this big, pretty wide open bottom, marshy looking kind of wet. And like I say, when you cut dub loose, he's usually kicking dirt in your face. Well, he did just the opposite. When I cut him loose, it's just kind of like he turned around and looked at me like, man, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done. And I was like, you've, Come on, man. You know, I pulled the old guys. I promise, you know, it's, oh yeah. Never Never seen this one before. Never seen this one before. Yeah. He wheels around and he goes, I don't know. I I mean, within seeing distance the whole time of me. And I'm like, what is this thing doing? I'm so bad wanting to take me a limb and, and spank him. And he rolls around about 30 yards from us and gets on a tree. And just, oh, oh, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, I can't walk him off. I, mean, I can't <laughs> say his name. And he sounds like a bloodhound over there. Uh, I'm like, what am I going to do? And I let him bark, bark. You know, they don't have the stationary rule. And they're like, you know, you're already well over your two. You should have treated him. Yeah. And I said, mama didn't raise no adjective. And uh, I said, tree dove, and I treat him. And let me tell you something. That was the longest, well, the second longest. We're going to get to the longest in a minute. That was the second longest two minutes of my life. Yeah. Because once once he does commit and he sees you, he's really going to tell a story then. It gets better. So he was... <laughs> He was putting out that story that that squirrel was there. I knew 100% there was not a squirrel there. Yeah. And, um, like, at a minute and 55, Judge said, you can handle your dog. And I was like, oh, thank the Lord. So I went in there, and I got him, pulled him back. I didn't take but just, I don't know, two minutes. My ankle was throbbing. I didn't take very long at all. And static was doing nothing. And uh, so that had me with 200 circle. And he had a hundred plus am i right you know what i think i lied to you i think i did lie to you that was a different cast he had he circled his first tree so he had he had a he i had a hundred circle 
I had 200 circle. He had a hundred circle. That's where we're at. Okay. I'll get back to that other phone call in a minute. And, uh, so, so I'm like, okay, I, I really didn't want to dream at 30 yards and get a circle, but we got it. So whenever I handled him, we're getting on into the hunt pretty good. Now Mike said, look, we can call timeout or we can finish hunting. I said, man, I don't care. I'm fine. My ankle's killing me. I said, we'll just hunt here if you want to. So, and this is we, an hour cast, correct? Yeah. And we're, we're getting down to probably like, I'm going to say six minutes in it, seven minutes left by now. And, um, so we start easing around and we cut them both and I hear dub way in there. And when I say way, we was right on that highway. So you couldn't hear a whole lot, yep. but he was like five forty, and it sounded further than that. And so we're kind of walking in that direction. And Mike said, Hey, I'm okay. If you walk that way, maybe we'll walk my dog into one. And I, I was thinking that'll never happen. Look, she rolls in there 50 yards right-handed and just, Wah! well, she blew one up. He said, tree static. I said, tree dub. And uh, I was like, oh, man, oh, man. So me and two more went in there, and that's when the phone call came. The phone call came and said, uh, he has a squirrel. And I'm like, oh, God, we got to find one. And I think they walked right up to it. It was right there. Wow. And um so we start pulling everything in the world and there's some cedar trees there and we don't have many cedar trees in Louisiana, but it was a little glob of them there mm-hmm. and some big fine red oaks, but them, vi- them vines were all over them red oaks. And I knew the squirrel was there somewhere because he was just, he was barking too good and it went really far out there to get him. I, I felt sure the squirrel was there. We got down to literally like 15 seconds, and I started searching them uh, cedar trees. I said, guys, look, I see a doorbell. And they said, what? I said, a doorbell going up to that nest. Yeah. And it was a vine big as your thumb, I mean, a good green vine. And it was like six, five, four. I grabbed that vine, and I pulled it, and that squirrel almost jumped out on my head. I was like, oh, thank the Lord, have mercy. What a break. So, yep, we got the break with less than two seconds and uh so that put me winning the cast i was uh a hundred and two hundred circle and he was a hundred and a hundred is what he was wow that's that's a heck of a break right there at the end yeah yeah and what i didn't say whenever i did treat dub when he treat static and i treat dub it was like uh 10 seconds left in the regulation of the hunt oh so it it was down to we were both pitching it there, right there at the end. Yeah, you're just getting on the scorecard. Yeah, just getting on the scorecard. You got on the scorecard because you had to. He got on the scorecard because he needed to. That's right. That's exactly yeah. right. Okay. Wow. Well, so that, that finished up the second round. That two seconds saved you rear end there. Twice. Two seconds twice, pretty much. Uh, regulation time and search time. Wow. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yep. So. So did y'all take a break after the second round, or did y'all go on out for the third? Well, we might have taken a 20-minute break, 20 or 30 minutes at the most. For They wanted to get a couple pictures and uh, a couple things like that. I I, I stopped. And I, look, I'll tell you, my dog was spent, man. He was done. Yeah. And I gave him a little couple single handfuls of feed, trying to give him a little pick-me-up. I think I had a Snickers bar. I gave him a Snickers bar. So I gave him a little sugar rush before we got on the last What class. kind of feed you feeding? Huh? Showtime? Well, it's, it's funny you say that. Yes, I'm a Showtime man. Showtime sponsors me, and we've had problem getting Showtime here the last few months. So I was right in the middle of a feed swap because I'd run out of Showtime, and I went to another great dog feed, I think, Extreme Dog Fuel. So I was kind of mixing the two still. I had enough Showtime to hang me in there, and that Extreme Dog Fuel, it, it, it worked. But that was some of my issue, I think, because I had a dog feed change that week trying to get them over on the Extreme, but we're back on Showtime now. Yeah, I got you. That's that's tough situation, you know, messing Especially with a dog right there the it. week of and that's right so that's exactly right you know that that helped me in my opinion that third round we had on saturday which we had bench shows in between so we had rest we had a couple hour rest now right 
y'all didn't i guess get that and that's pretty inconvenient but they get it if they wanting to hunt them and that's everybody's right. dog's just as tired so everybody's just as tired everybody's had the same opportunities yeah so who'd you draw out two dog final two dog final me and willie maker i think's his name I think what'd you say willie maker willie maker maybe willie maker. Willie? laney mr laney wasn't that mr laney yep. super nice guy yeah yeah yep. he before we ever even started he was having leg cramps terrible i was having ankle cramps i said boy this ought to be an exciting cast neither one of us can walk for nothing they go is that senior citizen cast yeah i was gonna say that's the old man cast oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man hunting them and young you know, whenever you yeah and when you go to a cast and you see like mr laney i don't know how old he is i know i'm 50 and he's older than i am but in my mind when you see a guy that's in his 60s or early 70s or late 50s chances are he brought a dog to town he's yep. not just making the circuit and he's not just you know hanging out with the boys because it's cool he's brought a dog to town and that's that's what happened in our third round he brought a dog to town oh i get it I was watching, wasn't there a play-by-play? I'm pretty sure. There was a play-by-play. Because I was watching it. I watched bits and pieces of it, man. That Friday was pretty hectic. But Go ahead and tell us, Mr. Laney, his dog was yellow, wasn't it? Yeah, he's a yellow dog. Yellow, I think, ring-neck dog. Kind of looks like a Festus dog. I don't exactly know what he is. I heard him say that day, but I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, Really nice young dog. And so we get out there, and, you know, we got the whole entourage with us. There's Bart. Uh, Mike Rush said he couldn't go. He had to get back and do something. And before we ever even made the first tree, Mike done made it back. And Eric Wallet was there. <laughs> he couldn't go, it, but he doesn't hot footed it, huh? Yeah, he had to get in there. It was probably I'm I'm gonna guess six or seven of us on this on this cast, and we went to the you know the place straight across the road yep. from the from mm-hmm. the clubhouse. There. That's that's where we had our finals. Yeah, so we get in there and we walked, I mean, literally straight off that little road behind where the sign was laid down there. We took our pictures first there, away we went. And um, Did you go left-handed or right-handed off of it? We went right-handed off the road. Okay, we went left. All right, go ahead. We get in there and it's, it's pretty marshy, pretty wet right there where we're at. We turn loose and once again, Dub did not look good at first. But neither did Willie. They both was kind of in tight. They they wasn't doing a whole lot. Dub kind of got over here in a thicket by me and real viney thicket. And he started making some racket. And I wasn't going to call him. I, I didn't like the way he sounded. And Mr. Laney's dog got in there and blew the top out of one about 180 yards. And I said, well, we're this close to Dub. I don't have to walk. It's a two-dog cast. So I just wheeled, started heading to him. and. I said tree dub and I went over there and handled him. And so Bart and maybe Mike stayed with me. Bart was the assistant judge. Eric Wally was the judge. And before we even started getting vines pulled good, they already came back. So they had a squirrel. Well, everybody knows how it feels to be that squirrel down in the first three minutes of the hunt. You know, yes, I was yes, really I've nervous. Been there. I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, I pull everything, you know, I'm pulling and beating and stomping. Got to remember my old legs killing me, but anyway, nothing, zero. So so let me ask you this question right now. Yes, sir. Are you talking to your dog in your head at this moment? I'm saying some terrible words to him. Do you think he understood them? Uh, If he would have ever made eye contact with me, it's kind of like your kid when they're in the grocery bucket at the grocery store and you look at them with them uh, go straight to town eyes and they know they're going to get their butts tore up when they get in the car. That's probably exactly why he wouldn't look at me because he knew what was on my mind at this point. Because I had in my mind that he had done gotten tree mode, that he was not telling all of the truth because he was, he was whipped. He was tired. Yeah. So, so that's funny because I'll, I'll be saying, you know, you better make something happen in my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and I, what's funny is, is I'm telling myself, Cody, this, this dog don't have a clue what you're trying to tell it. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know, what do you, I'm thinking something. I mean, I might as well be thinking 
talking to him telepathically. But uh, that's exactly right. But anyway, so you a squirrel down the first few minutes. Yep, he's a hundred plus, and I'm a hundred circle. Mm. So we get in there. I cut him loose again. Mr. Laney cuts his loose, and I kind of forget what happened here, but I think I know what my dog did, but I can't remember what what Willie did. Dub kind of rolls back around to the left of us again and gets in some cypress trees. And same thing, got that slow bark. And I'm telling him, y'all, he does not sound right. I'm scared to death to call him. Well, m- let's see. Miss, I think Mr. Laney calls his dog. He did. He called his dog Treed. So once again, I called mine, barked myself and Mike Rush maybe. I don't remember if it was Mike or not. We went to mine, and there was holes in every one of them trees. So I, I pulled for about a minute and a half. I said, we'll never find him here. And uh, I said, I'm satisfied. So when we met back with him halfway, I said, tell me he didn't have a squirrel. I said, no, we circled him. I'm like, okay, so he's 100 circle, 100 plus. I'm 200 circle, and we're, you know, we're hunting our cast. I said, I got it. We got to do something. So we, we get in there and we both cut loose again. Dub makes a little old loop around us, and that's part of his daddy's trade. His razor will always loop, make a loop by you and then pull out. Well, he pulls out and he gets in there about uh, 200, 240, and the worst tree bark you've ever seen in your life. I mean, just hope. <laughs> wait 30 seconds hope i'm like my god what is he doing and we cross a little creek and we're kind of starting to walk away from him because i won't call him and finally i said i'm not doing this i brought him to town to hunt i said treat up and treating started walking that way and he shut up and i just looked back at eric and i said eric i want you to put my dog on the two he said dubs on the two at 30 seconds and i'm like okay so I start walking because I, I, I honestly want him to see me. I want to get there a little tighter yeah. on him. Mm-hmm. Well, he barks two or three more times, so he breaks the he breaks the three, and uh, I mean the two. two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I start going, and he barks a couple times, and he shut off again. And I said, uh-uh, put it, put the two on him again. I said, I don't want to, I don't want to win, you know, by not being straight. And so, but I'm steadily walking. And I'm, I'm hoping he hears me. Well, I get in there, and then he really he tightens up and goes to barking. And Eric said, man, I ain't like him. I've been watching him on Facebook. I know he's a 150 bark-a-minute dog. I said, I know, Eric. I, I know. I said, but uh, <laughs> yeah, don't I, don't remind know, me. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. So we're getting close to my two, and it's up. And I get in there, and I something I should do, but I don't do. I never look up at the tree when I'm going in. I, I I kind of trust everybody that's there with me. And, you know, I know yeah. some people don't see as well as others, but I'm going to handle my dog because that's what I'm there first and foremost for is the dog. And as soon as I put the leash on him, Eric Wally said, I got the squirrel. He's right there. And I was like, I don't have to look. He said, you want to see him? I said, no, sir. And I think maybe Bart saw him too. And yeah. uh, they asked Mr. Laney if he wanted to see him. He said, no, I'm good. If y'all see him, I got him. And I'm like, okay, different ball game now. I pulled to the lead. I had 100 plus, 200 circle. He had 100 each way. So we cut them, and it's still probably, I'm going to say 12 minutes left in the hunt, something like that. And we, we, I see my dog. He goes way out in front of us, and then he starts making that little jig where I can see him. He's coming back to me, and I'm like, why are you even where I can see you? And I saw him pick his head up and pull out. Now, I know he didn't win the squirrel that far, but he decided he better get on. So we found a little old road that was going back into, a, a, I guess you'd call it a clear cut, a little clearing in there. Yeah. Well, we got up high on that road, and I look, and Dub is 778 yards. And I can tell he's treed by looking at my Garmin. So we get there, and we stop. Mr. Laney's uh, only like a hundred yards from me. And I guess by now we're down to like uh, nine minutes probably. Well, I kind of will around and I said, judge, I got him. And uh, 
he said, you can hear him? I said, come here. And he stood next to me. Three of them stood there, Mike Rush, Bart, and Eric. And they said, oh, we got him playing this day. You can call him anytime you want. So I just sat on the card then. I, uh, I He was a long ways. You know, I figure that's a eight-minute walk by the time you yeah. walk through all that to get there. And we got eight minutes left in the hunt. Eight and a half, I think, whenever we declared that we could hear him well. So I was just sitting there, and they said, what you going to do? And I'm looking at Mike Rush. and He's kind of like, what you going to do, bud? And I said, Mike, I don't think nobody would call their dog right now. He said, you're crazy to call your dog right now. He said, because now if he calls his, you better call yours. He said, but you're winning this hunt with eight and a half minutes left. And I said, I'm with you. And let me tell you, Cody Moreland. That was the longest eight and a half minutes of my whole entire life. <laughs> I have two kids and four grandkids and waiting on them to be born was faster than it was for that time to run out. Cause I knew all it was going to take was one bark and Mr. Laney was going to call his dog. And then I had to call mine and I'm running all these scenarios through my head of, okay, he's already been there seven and a half minutes. Yep. Is he going to stay there? You know, is he, if, if I have to call him and walk another eight minutes to him, is he still going to be there or give out? So when it finally got to six seconds, uh, Mike said, calm down, man. You are so nervous. I said, I guess I am. But when it got down to one, I went over there and shook his hand and the ankle was not hurting nearly as bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm talking walked as fast as my crippled leg would let me. And being that the hunt time was over, whenever I got to the dog, I pulled the old, I had to take the phone out. And I think he would have stayed another eight minutes if he had to. It was yeah. a tree full of nest and full of doorbells going up there. And I was like, I'm not looking. I'm not jinxing myself. So I leashed him and went back and got all my awards and got my congratulations and said thank you a hundred a hundred times at least that's pretty cool ain't it it was man you know and i've been to i've won a little bit at every level from the old nkc hunts to when nsd first started i've never won anything usdc i've only been to one uh i've won some money in pro hunts i've won a little bit of everything but honestly that was that I don't think I'll ever be able to beat it, you know. And uh, like when I got home, my wife was proud as could be, and she was like, "Well, is that junior hunt as good as a senior hunt?" I said, "Maybe not to some, but to me it is. To me and Dub, it is." I said, "I'm just as proud as if I would have won any other world hunt." I agree. And what's cool to me is, is you raised the dog, made the cross, the whole nine yards. Yep, I sure did, and I. Uh, you know, I think I touched on this a little bit on one of the other podcasts, and I'm, I'm never one to say goody-goody or try to rub something in. You know, when I bought a razor, he'd, he'd made the rounds and, and made the rounds for lots of money. man told me one time that he gave either 22.5 or 24.5 for him twice in his life. And um, so when I got him, he was pretty much old then. You know, he was seven years old, and I – I bought him just for a stud dog, you know, and I wanted to raise some puppies here because that's my thrill is raising puppies. And man, I tried to sell those puppies on to a lot of what I call big dog name people, and I've never really had one of them bite. You know, I, it's just like they're not interested in a razor puppy or probably not a puppy at all. You know, I probably take it a little hard that it's not a razor puppy, but it's probably just puppies in general. And I understand. Most people don't like puppies, but man, it makes you feel good when you can say home of two world champions, father and son. That, that, that made my day. That makes my day. A hundred percent. And you know, the, the squirrel dog world is a little odd to me in the aspect of dog crosses that I never would think would be good. I see they'll have a waiting list full and then I'll see a cross that I don't think them I'm, I'm like man that's great looking cross and two winners this and that blah 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 but they struggle to get rid of them i don't know if it's a bit of jealousy or if it, I, don't, I really don't know what the deal is it's i think it's facebook hype cody 
whichever yeah. dog's getting talked about the most. I mean, let's be honest. Let's look at your little gunner dog right now. As nice as any go- dog going. Won a world hunt this past weekend. Got put into the LMC because he earned his way into the LMC. Uh, a man would be a fool not to want, not to want to breed to him right now. You know, you and I had something worked out where we was going to breed and the weather killed us off. But yeah. man, I, I crossed her right back on Razor again. So, but if I could have made any other cross, that would have been it. It would have been on Gunner just just because I like him, but because of the hype about him right now. I mean, you don't win a world hunt and be the first dog ever to get put in the LMC because you earned your way in it. Uh, you know, all the rest of us, we basically bought our way into it. And um, so oh, I got to pay for it, too. About hype. I got to pay for it, too. I got- <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it was open to the world for us if you if you believed in the association and you did your paperwork. And, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's all about the hype of the dog. What what dog's winning right now? It is. And, and, and the only way, really, is by promotion. Promoting your yeah. dog. It could be the best dog in the world. But if it's never talked about or shared pictures or videos or whatever in all reality it's the best dog in the world that nobody's ever heard of you're right you know just a prime example is this morning i uh, i had lance isaacs build dub a uh, ad now i'm not gonna stud dub out yet i mean he's not quite old enough in my opinion but i had him build me an ad and i'm gonna put it on facebook I, and look i put world champion on it i want people to know and maybe next year maybe we'll follow suit and and do it again and then if i do it again then i will breed him and hopefully he's the dog that's the hype at that time and you know i can make a little money breeding him or raise him on my own puppies maybe make another champion you never know i did something today that uh it's not been done before that i know of i took razor and i had him collected today so now I have froze semen off of him, so I'm going to be able to keep this bloodline going quite a while. That's pretty awesome. Believe in your dog, make crosses on your dogs, win with your dogs. I mean, it's that's pretty hard to to talk about. A man's breeding his dogs, a man's winning with his dogs. So yeah, and I'm that funny guy that if I buy a dog, I just I just don't want to win with that dog and i know that sounds selfish and greedy i'm i'm the kind that I, even if i buy a puppy i i mean don't get me wrong I, I'll, I'll be happy to win with anything but i'm not completely happy unless i am raising that dog breeding that dog and and hunting that dog because to me that means so much whenever you can do that and look a lot of people don't even like doing that and i understand that but i'm the one guy that loves doing that yeah, and, and and a lot of people don't have time to do that. You know what I mean? So sure, if you only got so much time to actually hunt, hunt, it's kind of hard when you go through puppies and and have to try to figure out which dog suits you. I mean, it's just it's not for everybody. Like I know Mr. Right. Mr. Burt Carter told me that he wants to raise puppies and get a puppy going, and when it goes good, he wants to sell it. Like that's his thing. Yeah, you know that's right. It just depends on on what you want and what you need. There's something out here for everybody. I'm not I'm not trying by any means to throw shade at people that don't raise puppies because I realize that it's time consuming and and it's hard. But it does mean a little little something extra when you make the cross and you raise the puppy and you hunt the puppy and the, and you know it, it's it all comes together. It makes a big circle. Yeah, you know, I have a kennel partner, Max Barnett, and Max lives, I'm matter of fact, I'm right now, I'm looking across at his house. We, we're really country people. We live about a half mile, three quarters of a mile from each other, but I can see his place from my house. And, you know, if it wasn't for him and like my wife, you, uh, I, I probably couldn't do this with all these puppies because Max walks every step i walk when he's not off on jobs and we're we're not selfish with each other he always keeps a young dog and we hunt his dog one day and my dog one day or his dog for two hours and then my dog for two hours and we you know like if i get the best morning hunt today he gets the best morning hunt tomorrow and 
he he wants me to win as bad or worse than I do. And when I mention my wife, you know, we're both 50 years old and our kids are grown. I have one 28 or nine and one 26 or 27. I think they're 29 and 27. So we don't have anybody at home but us. So, you know, it, she works a lot and uh, she she's like, go, go hunt, hunt every day. Because when hay season starts, I'm a before daylight to after dark guy seven days a week. So I guess she knows I get burnt out and she pushes for me to hunt and have a good time. And that really helps on these dogs. Oh, it means the world. Because if you're fighting with her, then you're probably not going to go a whole lot. That's right. I'll go a lot more, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're doing that, you might not have her. So, so yeah, it, it's a full circle. But, that's right. Yeah, at 100%. And, and, you know, that's another thing that kind of spoke volumes to me is you wasn't going to go to the senior hunt because it was your grandson's grandson's yep, birthday? My, my youngest grandson's birthday, yeah, one I, year old. I mean, most people would have been like, man, I've got a chance to win a world championship or I got a kid. Now, I'm not saying that's what – or I, I can go to my grandson's birthday party. I'm not saying that I'd have chose the world championship, but I'll say this. I'd have probably thought about it. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you, you do things. And I, I guess you say I wanted to go because I didn't want to go. I wouldn't have went. But, you know, it's I, I figure I figure I got next year. And, but I, I'm going to go ahead and tell you now I'm going to find out when the world hunt is this coming year. And I'm going to make them schedule that birthday party at least one day different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I'm going to be there for the I'm going to be there for the senior hunt this year. I got you. Well, we'll uh, maybe we'll battle it out in the finals. I'd like. To, I hope so. I, I think it'd be fun. But I do too. I'm going to try every old gangster trick I know on you. Well, I'm going to kick you in the ankle and watch you hobble around. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny so and, and look by the way the ankle is no better neither it is i am down on the ankle right now i wanted to go to cliff robinson's hunt this this past weekend and uh some medical stuff's going on with my mom also that wasn't gonna make it much easier because she's staying with us for a good bit right now but my with that and my ankle on this weekend i said nah, i better give it another week to heal up yeah it's a good excuse not to drive seven hours wasn't it <laughs> that's right seven uh, hour drive that's right well well do see what what else you got anybody to thank or anybody to talk about besides uh max and and you yeah I do. I do i wanna i wanna thank the umca i know i did at the very beginning but i want to touch base with it you know I, i've been to several association hunts throughout the years and um, I don't know who's president, who's what. I know I kind of consider it Mr. Bob Osborne's because if he need, if I need something, that's who I call. I'm sure there's yeah. there's a pile of people behind the scenes there, but class act people. If you don't go to any other hunts, you ought to try to at least go to that world hunt. And I'm even going to try to hold a UMCA hunt in Louisiana this year, and it's just because they are so personable to us. I mean, when we get there, it's you know, look, when you go to Jamestown, it's great. You was with me. The atmosphere yeah. is different. It's a huge building. It's it's all of that. The big clocks. I mean, you get to see all that, but nobody knows you. I mean, when I say nobody, I mean the people that's actually putting the hunt on, they don't know you from Adam. You go to the UMCA hunt, they know everybody that walks through the door. And to me, that means a lot. It makes you feel like you're at home. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Like, I didn't know there was a lot of locals at the OMCBA hunt that I didn't really recognize. And I'm not trying to throw shade at them. That's just like, sure. I'm the same way. I just didn't know them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and you go to the UMCA, and it's I'm not trying to say more of the known people, but I guess more of the people I started hunting around. You know, when I started off, because I knew a lot more of the kind of like a a south a southern, if you will, right. Kind of a Mississippi thing, mainly. I mean, yeah. really, you know, a majority of the people did seem to be from Mississippi in that area, but Mississippi's pretty good sized state, and you know that's why I don't know. I just I really enjoyed it. Enjoyed yeah. everybody I hunted with. Well, I did too. I really did too. And I saw you become an honorary member of the LBK. Oh yeah, that, that, 
they're talking about voting me in as president. I mean, I didn't need you to know that because I see that you're an honorary member too. We can probably tell by the hats we were wearing in our championship photos, but they've called me and wanting to know about me being president and vice president. I've got, I got to make me a phone call because they called me about the exact same thing. They were lying. <laughs> <laughs> they were just making you feel good. Oh, well, it might have been what they were doing with you too. Yeah, we, we're we're well, just outcasts. Oh. I've already signed my papers. I got you. Well, you, you yeah. in then. You a shoe in. I'm in like Flynn, baby. I heard that. Well, Mr. Deucey. Now, over here, it's going to be straight up root hog or documents. We, we can't really venture off to LBK. I got you. Well, Mr. Yeah. Deucey, I wanted to tell you uh, congratulations again. And, Thank you. Congratulations to you. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I really appreciate you coming on. Yes, sir, and I hope to hear from you shortly. Yes, sir. All right, I appreciate you, Ducey. All right, peace out. All right, bye.